there, welcome friend. Question for you, is there an experience in human sexuality that we can call sacred sex? I think there is. I believe that sex can elevate above the mere glandular level, you know, the casual, the hookup urge to merge, even in marriage, sexual activity without sexual intimacy. What does sacred mean? Well, you know, a short definition of sacred is something that's dedicated or set apart to the divine. It's connected to the supernatural or to the divine. This is a short highlight taken from a larger conversation with Dr. Julie Slattery of Authentic Intimacy, and we want to explore the issue of sacred sex and how sex on the bed is connected to or reflects something greater. You can hear the whole conversation with Dr. Julie in the preceding episode, number 242. It's called God, Sex, and Your Marriage. You can listen to it on all the podcast apps. It's on Spotify, iHeartRadio, even Amazon Music, I believe. If you would like to stream that episode and look at some resources to take it a little further, you can go to the website, jesusmart.com slash 242. There you can learn more about Dr. Julie and her work. And we also encourage you to check out the fledgling Jesus Smart YouTube channel. Just search Jesus Smart on YouTube and it'll pull it right up. We have some shorts there, episodes, and some other types of videos are coming too. It's being revamped and re, uh, redesigned, okay? Well, again, welcome. This is episode 243 of Jesus Smart, the podcast. My name is Brian Del Turco. You may be familiar with the wildly popular book, uh, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. He talks about the monstrosity of sexual intercourse. I just enjoy the word monstrosity in general. But what does he mean? The monstrosity, quote, of sexual intercourse outside of marriage is that those who indulge in it are trying to isolate one kind of union, parentheses, the sexual, from all other kinds of union, which were intended to go along with and make up the total union. Now, to be clear, in this episode and when we talk about this topic on this podcast, if we say sacred sex, we're not talking about tantric sex, which comes from Eastern worldviews. We don't believe in that we can manifest the cosmos or divine consciousness into human sexuality. Actually, what we do believe is that in everything in God's design, there are counterfeits and there is a higher form of sexuality between the man and the woman created in God's image within covenant married love. We do believe that, but we're not talking about Eastern tantric sex and, you know, manifesting divine consciousness and the, the divine mind and becoming one with all of the cosmos and all, all of those sorts of things. By the way, if you've heard or if you've, you know, if it's been suggested to you in your mind that Christianity and sex is boring or that God has a very uh, prudish view of sexuality, you need to understand that the Song of Solomon is uh, right in the middle of the Bible. It's right in the middle of scriptures. The Song of Solomon is Eastern Oriental love poetry. Let me say it this way. Bible translators always tend to be very modest with how they translate the Hebrew. 
in the Song of Solomon. And if you read right in the middle of that book, chapter 5, verse 1, it's the Creator who's speaking, and He's speaking over the man and the woman on their marriage bed as they relate sexually. And He says, quote, Eat, friends. Drink and drink deeply, lovers. Some translations render it as imbibe deeply. And so, right in the middle of the scriptures, we have this, and it's talking about married love, and it's also pointing to and reflecting that sacred romance between God's love, His covenant love, and His people that the Apostle Paul spoke of in Ephesians, and that we see reflected strongly in the last book of the New Testament, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the marriage supper of the Lamb, the city of God coming down to the earth as a bride adorned for her for her bridegroom. Well, Dr. Julie is all about God's design for intimacy and sexuality. She believes it's all connected to something, I'm going to put it this way, above and beyond the marriage bed. I probably need to create a meme, above and beyond. Well, here's the highlight, sacred sex and God. You said in your book, the purpose of saving sex for marriage, to use that phrase from maybe the purity movement, is a higher purpose. It's because of the covenant that marriage represents and the covenant, the greater covenant that it reflects. That's right. Um, that's why it's so sacred. So, you know, you take the example of <laughs> you take the example of communion. You know, we are told that Jesus ushered in a new covenant for us. And that one of the signs of, of our covenant with him is communion. And so we are regularly to do something physical to remember that spiritual truth. We take, we take the body and the blood of Christ physically as a celebration, a reminder of our covenant with Jesus. And then what does Paul say about communion? He says, if you take this bread in this cup un- in an unworthy manner, in other words, you're not in covenant with God. You're not in right standing with God. You eat and drink judgment upon yourself. Oh, I know where this is going. Go ahead. <laughs> now it's now it's become sacred. Like this symbol is sacred. And in a similar way, we have to understand that all the teaching around sexual immorality, which is so strong, is that way because God created sex to be a sacred symbol of covenant. And when we take the symbol and we use it apart from uh, the the worthiness of covenant, we are, it says in 1 Corinthians 6, we're sinning against our own bodies. Right. Um, and if we don't understand that link uh, of all through the scripture, what a covenant is, and every covenant has a sign, and that sign becomes sacred, we don't understand, then we won't understand God's heart for sexuality and why he calls it sacred. Wow. You're saying that it is sacramental. It is a means of grace. And if you, and if you partake of it in an unworthy way, you eat and drink judgment to yourself. I mean, even in the Song of Solomon, doesn't, doesn't the creator say over the man and the woman, eat and drink and yeah. fulfill yourselves and celebrate? Right. Yeah. Imbibe deeply, like I'm blessing this. This is what this was for. Wow. Ah, that is, that's, that's dynamic, right? Just, just that is dynamic. That's the higher order design that we have to pursue as a Christ follower. I mean, um, whether we're talking about marriage and sexuality or any other domain of life, 
the Lord has design in mind, there's a way that things work, right, Dr. Julie? There is. Yeah, God created with intention uh, and with order. And the, the scripture, again, is so clear that you have the freedom to go against that order, but you don't have freedom from the consequences. There's a way that he designed us to steward our sexuality. When we choose to go outside of that, there will be eventually consequences for us personally and also as a culture. Mm -hmm. And conversely, we forfeit the blessings, right? The rewards, the blessings of integrity, obedience. Right, exactly. You see, we as human beings created in God's image, we hunger for true intimacy. That hunger is in us because the image of God is in us and the intimacy of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, not in a sexual way, but as a divine Godhead, that image is reflected in man and woman. And when God created humanity, he created them with with the capacity of sexuality, the capacity to enjoy themselves and to procreate and to extend the garden throughout the earth. And as image bearers of God, we desire a relationship with him and with each other. And when a man and a woman come together sexually in marriage, it is the highest form of being known by another. It's primal, it's early Genesis, the book of beginnings, it's seminal, it's original, you could say it that way. It's even in a sense transcendent. And so we need to see our experience in human sexuality and marriage in a more expansive way. And it's something we can grow in together over the lifetime of the marriage. It's never meant to become static or to regress. It's meant to grow and to expand. Well, again, you can avail yourself of what Dr. Julie Slattery offers in her work at AuthenticIntimacy.com, also SexualDiscipleship.com for leaders. She has a wildly popular podcast called Java with Julie. Highly recommend that. Again, the show notes page for this episode, jesusmart.com slash 243. Hey, it's a great idea if you could pass this episode along to your friends and contacts. I know you know someone who should hear this, who wants to hear this, who needs to hear it. Let's connect next time.